Robertson, parenting consultant, mother of four, and teacher, here to answer your parenting questions. This week's question comes from Alyssa, a mother of two girls, ages 9 and 11. Alyssa recently joined my Facebook group called Awakened Parenting. She shared with me a question about how and when to approach the topic of sex with her 11-year-old daughter. As a parent, have you ever wondered this? Whether you are a parent of a daughter or son, the challenge of how to handle the topic of sex is inevitable for all parents. So, if you are a parent of a young child, tween, or teen, and have struggled with the conversations around sex, you will want to listen in to today's episode of Awakened Parenting. about the sex talk. Here's Alyssa's question. My daughter's 11 years old. At what age should I have a full sex talk with her? She knows a lot about how babies are born and periods, but how will I know she's ready to hear about sex? Thanks Alyssa for your question. I'm sure you're not alone in wondering this. I remember when my kids were little wondering the exact same thing. When is the right time? What will I say? What if they start asking me questions that I won't know how to answer? What if I tell them too much too soon? How many parents out there have had these worries? Yep, the worries about our kids and talking about sex is pretty common amongst parents. Alyssa's question is important, but I would suggest there is a question that comes before this. There is a critical question we need to ask before we ask What age do we talk to our kids about sex? I would suggest the critical question is this. When will we know when we are ready to talk about sex? Because here's the thing. I want to ask all of you listening right now. Why is it that there's so much anxiety and stress for parents around the topic of sex? It is so important that we address our own fears and anxieties first about sex talks before we have conversations about sex with our kids. And this is not a one-time exercise. This is an ongoing process throughout our parenting journey as the things we talk about with our kids under the topic of sex changes and evolves depending on what is going on in their lives. So for those parents listening, I'm going to ask you the question, why is it that you, or perhaps parents you know, experience a great deal of uncertainty, anxiety, or fear around the topic of sex? So, what's your answer? First of all, my guess is that, as a child, you either didn't experience the sex talk, or you witness adults demonstrating a great deal of anxiety when talking about sex. Clearly talking about sex with our children is a challenge that's been passed down from generation to generation. In many ways, you could say we are carrying the baggage of our ancestors. Fortunately, a great deal of baggage involving guilt and shame has eased up over the years as our cultural thoughts and beliefs about sex evolves. But unfortunately, we still have a ways to go. 
No doubt there are still some negative thoughts and beliefs about sex that are fueling anxiety when it comes to talking to children about sex. So let's use this podcast to set an intention of letting go of some of the worries and baggage we may have inherited around the topic of sex. Over the years, at the foundation of many parenting paradigms involving sex education has been ignorance. A belief that I have found troubling. It goes something like, if you keep children uninformed, it will keep them young and innocent. And yet historically, time and time again, that has been proven to be wrong. We know that information is power and ignorance makes our children vulnerable and at risk for things we fear the most, like unwanted pregnancy, disease, or rape. There seems to be this underlying fear that knowing too much too soon will invite them to participate in sexual acts prematurely. However, if we think about sex education as a powerful tool, we may tell them about a tool like a saw, we may tell them how it works and the great things it can do for us, but that doesn't mean they can now pick up the tool right away and start using it. Telling them about the tool the benefits and the dangers will keep them safer than if you hope they just never find the tool or when they do they will somehow be skilled enough to figure it out themselves. A power tool may not be the best analogy here however I hope it helps you to understand the benefits of empowering our children with information with positivity and confidence in their maturity and ability to make healthy decisions for themselves and their bodies. If we're experiencing any sort of unpleasant emotion when it comes to talking to our children about sex, this is a red flag that there is something here to investigate. If we don't, we will certainly pass on our emotions and baggage onto our children as they will likely attach our anxiety to sex, potentially creating sexual baggage for themselves. I remember in my university sociology classes discussing the historical evolution of sex in our culture. The beliefs about sex in our family, community, and religion we were raised in all have explicit and implicit effects on how we view sex and how easily we can discuss it. For the most part, it is still considered a fairly private topic that even sexual partners can struggle to discuss. Things that are hush-hush or private topics tend to have an underlying negative energy about them. Historically, we know there are many reasons why sex has been kept a secret and often a taboo topic to discuss. Religions and people in power have dictated many rules and beliefs about sex. From a sociologist standpoint, we know that when people in power attempt to control the general population's sex lives through rules and beliefs, they now have a great deal of control over the people they lead. Sexually empowered people are far more difficult to control. During my studies in world religions, I have also discovered many religions offer or have offered very strict rules on what is acceptable sexual behavior and what isn't when you can have sex and when you can't, who you can have sex with and who you can't, who is entitled to enjoy sex and who is not. It appears for some that God or whatever label is used to name a higher power has a significant say over our sex lives. 
Has it truly been God or higher power all along? Or has it been humans, more specifically leaders, offering or dictating to us rules and paradigms around sex? In some cases, perhaps, it has been an innocent misinterpretation of a sacred text or spiritual teaching. Regardless of how we got here, here we are, still struggling to get clear on what is right or wrong when it comes to how we conduct ourselves sexually. For parents who do feel certain they know what is right and wrong, then their anxiety may come from the overwhelming task of controlling or wondering how to control their growing child's sexual beliefs and behaviors. So where does this leave Alyssa and her question? I asked Alyssa what her greatest fear was about talking to her daughter about sex. She responded with, maybe because it feels embarrassing for both of us. That's probably why I'm dreading it the most. So, it's embarrassing to talk to your daughter about sex? Who else can relate to this? I can suddenly feel several hands rising. I am certain, Alyssa, you are not alone. My invitation to Alyssa, as well as all the parents listening, is to get clear on what emotion you feel when you imagine talking to your child about sex. If you're feeling an unpleasant emotion, like embarrassment, in Alyssa's case, then there is something here to investigate. What is really going on here? Why do you think this might be embarrassing? What are your beliefs around sex? Your beliefs about what children should and shouldn't know at certain ages? What happened when you were a kid? Did your parents talk to you about sex or did they just hope you figured it out? If they did, did the conversation or conversations go well? Or perhaps were you embarrassed as a child listening to an adult or parent talk to you about sex? Did something embarrassing or perhaps even traumatic happen to you as a child around this topic? The parents who have taken my online workshop as well as the parents in my ongoing peaceful parenting program, know that I believe it is not my job to tell parents what to do or not to do when it comes to solving a parenting dilemma. It is not my job to tell you as a parent what is the right action to take or the right thing to say. I would suggest that if any parenting consultant or counselor is telling you an explicit blanket set of rules, then please notice how that feels. If any parenting advice leaves you with a heavy feeling in your gut, leaving you feeling more stressed than before you ask the question, then take heed. As a parenting consultant, my job is to help you make connections between your beliefs and your parenting experiences. What I see time and time again is that most parenting stresses are eliminated once parents take inventory of what beliefs they value and want to keep and what beliefs are creating stress in their lives that they may want to release. The challenging parenting topic, like talking to your child about sex, is often not the problem. It is a triggering event that has stirred unpleasant emotions within you. If we don't take the time to figure out what is really going on, we will simply continue to get upset, stressed, or perhaps embarrassed over the same topic or similar circumstances. We may fall into the trap of believing that it is our kids or the topic 
that is the problem rather than the symptom of a possible problem. In this situation, Alyssa is clearly a caring and conscientious mom who wants to handle this challenging topic in the best way possible. When I asked her further about where she believes these feelings of embarrassment are coming from, she said, I don't really know. She just gets embarrassed when we even broach the subject, making me think that she's not ready, but I know she needs to hear it. Alyssa also shared, I am just nervous to give her too much information or too little. Notice how at first Alyssa didn't think she knew, but when she paused to take more time to go within, she noticed that under the embarrassment, there is nervousness, fear about saying too much or too little. Great, good to know. That self-awareness is empowering. So, there is some fear here for mom as well. This is such a common concern for parents. How much information is too much and how much information is not enough? So now that I have a better understanding of what's going on here for mom, I will offer her some suggestions, but notice how these suggestions are around addressing and supporting mom's fears rather than deciding a standard list of do's and don'ts for all parents when it comes to talking to your kids about sex. For Alyssa, it may appear that the fear story ends here. However, I would invite Alyssa and other parents listening who share this concern to ask themselves, why am I fearful that I could offer too much or too little? What could be fueling this fear? I would invite you to notice what mental images or storylines have crept through your mind when you believe you could say too much or when you could say not enough. For example, you could say too much. Is that true? You could say too little. Is that true? Is that the truth or a truth that was offered to you at some point in your life? Questioning or thinking is where the true path to peace lies. If you strongly believe you could say too much or too little, that's fine. Then what would happen if you set that belief aside for a moment and imagine talking to your daughter without that belief? Who would you be as a mom then? How would you feel? Perhaps a calm, confident, happy mom enjoying her conversation about sex with her daughter? If you're not sure how to do a beliefs inventory or how to let go of painful beliefs, then please join me for my online parenting workshops where I will teach you the skills to do this. It is so empowering and will help you awaken not just to peaceful parenting, but overall a more peaceful life. Once you've investigated your fears further, on your own or perhaps discussing it with your partner, a friend, or a counselor, you will naturally feel more at ease addressing this topic with your daughter. Your daughter will also appreciate being approached by a mother who feels confident and calm discussing sex. Remember, just when we were kids, children follow the adult's lead. If we are embarrassed, or fearful about talking about sex, they will likely be too. 
children look to adults to decide what to believe and how to feel about whatever is being presented to them. That is why many of us are walking around with beliefs that are truly not our own. Many of us have beliefs we unknowingly adopted from well-intended adults in our lives. Some are wonderful beliefs and some have caused us great pain. So let's say Alyssa approaches her 11-year-old daughter calm and confidently, but picks up that her daughter is still embarrassed. Remember, her daughter will most likely adjust her emotions and adopt a sense of calmness over time if her mom continues to demonstrate calmness and confidence and even enjoyment talking about sex. When I have talked to my children about sex, I have made a point of smiling and having excitement in my voice, letting them know that this is a great topic. At this point, I also want to share some general tips that I offer parents once they have examined and hopefully released some of their own anxieties and issues around the topic of sex and are now ready to address this topic with more ease. First, for the most part, if you have offered to your children that they can talk to you about anything, chances are they will come to you to ask you questions about sex. I remember when my oldest was seven years old. When I was tucking her into bed, she asked me what sex meant. I took a few deep breaths and forced a smile. I hadn't expected this question just yet. I knew I could not answer this until I was in a calm and confident state of mind. Trying to buy myself some time, I asked her where she heard that word. She told me an older girl who she'd been in the company with recently had used the word, and she confessed that she let on she knew what it meant. She also said it was in the name of the show that I sometimes watched, called Sex in the City. Ah, yes, older kids talking about sex and mommy's TV show. I really should not have been surprised. I then had a sudden flashback to grade two, while I was sitting in the reading corner, my friend Pam told me what her older brothers had told her the night before about this thing called sex. That was how I discovered how babies were made. I also should not have been surprised by my seven-year-old daughter's question, since statistically, she was almost at one of the most pivotal ages in our childhood, eight. I remember in one of my childhood psychology classes learning that eight is the age when most kids find out about Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, and sex. I would not be surprised if due to access to technology, that age is even lower now. So after taking a few more deep breaths, I shared with my daughter the basic mechanics of sex and then paused and waited. The pause and wait technique is so important. First of all, children need time to process what we tell them, and then they need time to take that processed information and decide if they have further questions. Then they need time to formulate the questions and speak them. So on a side note here, when children don't respond to you right away, be patient. 
there is a lot that is going on in their brains that require more time than we may realize. Also, keep in mind, if you have told them you can ask me anything, if you have gained their trust that you will stay calm when they do ask you anything, chances are they will. This leads me to my next tip. Follow their lead. When they want to know more, they will ask more. You could even ask them, does that answer it for you? Is there anything more you need to know? That is what I asked my daughter that night. She didn't have any more questions about sex. However, since I paused and allowed her to keep contemplating, as I'd indicated earlier, this is when she asked me, if sex is a good thing, why does everyone want to keep it a secret? When people want to keep it a secret, it makes it feel like a bad thing. I remember smiling with tears over her wisdom. Yes, I told her. That feels true to me too. I think it's because people have made many rules about sex that has created many fears around sex. So that makes people not want to talk about it. I then told her if she had more questions to please come to ask me. I told her a lot of kids will say things at school, but not all of it is true or the stories might be missing important parts. So please come to me to talk about things you've heard from other places. My third tip is to be as honest as possible, especially when you are struggling with their question. Over the years, all four of my children have asked me various questions around sex, and I've done my best to remain calm and confident when sharing my answers and opinions. When I have experienced some distress in finding the right words or knowing the best way to answer their questions, I've been very honest with them that my anxiety is not about them or sex. It is about my own experiences, in other words, my own baggage, that is being triggered by this topic. It has always been important to me to share that with them so they don't associate my emotional distress with sex or their question. I remember once managing a difficult question asked me by my third child when she was around 10. I remember feeling huge anxiety in the moment, yet I desperately wanted to be calm and confident. The more I wanted to be calm, the more upset I got as I started thinking about what was wrong with me, which created more distress. So before even answering her question, I acknowledged my feelings and told her that I was not upset that she asked me her question. In fact, I assured her I was grateful that she did. I told her there was nothing wrong or bad about this topic. I told her my tears were about the struggles I had had as a kid and adult around this topic. And it was really important to me that she not take this on. I asked her to witness my pain, but please don't own my pain. This is mine, I told her, not yours. My fourth tip is to listen for cues, especially with tweens and teens. Listen for comments or judgments they make around sexual topics. If you hear things like, oh, that's gross, or why would anyone do that? Or that's weird. 
or even sense discomfort when a sexual topic comes up, take note. When the time feels appropriate, like being alone together in the car, you may want to share what you heard and ask them if they'd be willing to share more about their comment. They will likely share their thoughts if they know there will not be any sort of mini lecture coming on. The reason you are asking is not to correct them or fix their thinking. Your questioning is to invite them to witness and question their own thinking, their own judgments around this sexual topic. This will greatly impact their sexual experiences and romantic relationships. Whenever my kids share their opinions about sex or any topic for that matter, I do my best to say what I heard first to make sure I heard them right. This is such a critical step. Over the years, they have often corrected me or elaborated more so I can understand them better. Misunderstandings can happen so easily since we all listen to others through our own filters or beliefs, life experiences, and preconceived ideas. If I am still feeling triggered by what they are saying, I do my best to leave our conversation at that until I know I can discuss it further without feeling triggered. Now that they are older, sometimes they ask me why I asked or what I think. I do my best to offer them my thoughts without telling them they have to think like me. This is tricky, as often they still accuse me of me trying to be right. So sometimes it takes several tries to express myself in a way that I'm not telling them they are wrong or I am right. I find when we offer our beliefs to anyone from a place of invitation rather than dictation, they are far more likely to listen and consider our beliefs. One of the greatest gifts we can give our children, yet likely one of the most difficult things to do, is to allow our children to think for themselves, even when they choose beliefs that are not exactly in alignment with ours. The best thing we can do is investigate our own thinking and beliefs that might be causing us pain, hold on to our beliefs that bring us peace, and continue role modeling walking our own talk. I am sure everyone listening knows that talking about sex with our kids is not just about explaining a physical act that you discuss when they're approaching the teen years. Sexuality starts at a young age. For example, offering the correct anatomical names for body parts. When they are young, like at bath time, help them name their own body parts matter-of-factly, like this is your elbow, that is your toe, this is your nose, and that is your penis, or that is your vagina, without squirming or feeling uncomfortable. I remember when one of my daughters was about two. She was in the bathtub doing some curious investigating. With one hand between her legs, she looked up at me with surprise and said, Hole, mummy. Me found hole. I said, yes, that hole is your vagina. Gina? she asked. Yes, I said, that is your vagina. She needed to repeat the word and talk about it for some time, 
especially when it was bath time again. When all my kids were little, we did what I called the naked run before bath time. They would run up and down the hall naked and around the kitchen table and through the living room, howling and laughing. I would be leading the parade, running around with them, reminding them how much we love our bodies. My husband thought it would be far more effective if I joined them naked as well. Okay, he may have had a point, but unfortunately I wasn't that brave. I did the best I could to help them love and feel comfortable in their bodies, guiding them to a positive body image. Children who love their bodies are more likely to make good choices in taking care of them and how they share their bodies with others. Offering them positive stories about their bodies and sex will also reduce the chances that they will struggle sexually as an adult. One of the greatest gifts we can give our children is to heal any wounds or sexual issues we might be carrying and then offer our children not only facts about sex, but guide them to envision the gift in being a sexual being. Empower them by offering them explicit ways they can keep themselves safe. Encourage them to love and respect their own body. And when they are older, to always respect the body of the person they choose to share their body with. Information, respect, and love is power. So let's just recap here for a moment. If you're wondering how and where to begin a conversation with your child about sex, begin by noticing if there is anything about this topic that creates discomfort for you. I strongly encourage you as a parent to address that first. I would also invite you to remember when you were their age, what did you appreciate knowing? What do you wish someone had told you about sex? How do you wish a conversation had gone? What stories about sex do you wish you had been offered? Finally, whether you bring up the topic or they do, follow their lead on how much information they need. If you are in a calm, confident state of mind, if you stay connected to your own intuition, you won't have to worry about saying too much or too little. Many of our most powerful, loving, and connecting parenting moments arise when we get out of our heads and into our hearts. I want to thank Alyssa for her great parenting question. I hope, Alyssa, you have found this podcast episode helpful. And if so, please share it with others by email or on social media. If anyone has more questions after listening to this podcast, then please contact me through my website at jillmcpherson.com. You can also request to join my Facebook group, Awaken Parenting, so you can ask questions along with other caring and conscientious parents who are seeking ways to be the best parent they can be. Are you wanting to learn effective parenting skills that will help you address things like talking to your kids about sex? Then be sure to check out my online parenting workshops at jillmcpherson.com. I have an online four-week workshop for parents of young school-age children and another one for parents of tweens and teens. I also offer the Peaceful Parenting Program. In this program, 
parents purchase a monthly subscription which allows them the opportunity every Tuesday night to join me and other parents online to learn a parenting skill or tip. Then I'm available to answer any of your parenting questions. Come and build effective parenting skills and get your questions answered in order to create more peace in your life and your home. Until then, this is Jill McPherson inviting you to join me in awakening to a more peaceful way to parent on Awakened Parenting.